0: Anyways, good morning. Good
1: morning. Okay, uh, before we start, I'll just open us in prayer. God, we invite you into this space this morning. Um, would we just know more of your heart today, and would our own hearts be soft and open to what you have to say to us? And anything that is not of you, that Daniel and I mm-hmm. might say, that it would just fall away, and that... Um, Ultimately, we would know more of your love for us, um, and that we would be able to experience that this morning. In your name I pray, amen.
2: Amen. i just
1: <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so we're in the sermon series called Follow, um, and just to give a quick recap, uh, some of the things that Kaz has been talking about, he talked about. You know, Jesus has been healing on the, he healed on the Sabbath. He's been teaching, like the Sermon on the Plain. Um, and he's chosen 12 disciples. And uh, Kotz talked about how, you know, the 12 disciples kind of mirror the 12 tribes of Israel. And so this is kind of like he's introducing, I think he called it the Kingdom 2.0. <laughs> um, so now we're at the passage where he's kind of checking in with the disciples, his followers, um, he's gathered them, and it's uh, kind of a checkpoint uh, to see you know how they're doing. If you're in university, you might be familiar with like debriefing, that's what we called it. It's kind of like that, you know, he's checking in, and he's uh, seeing what they're learning and kind of telling them, okay, here's how we're going to apply it going forward. And so we're all his followers, or probably most of us are, so uh, we could put ourselves in their shoes, right so Uh, They're thinking, okay, what did we learn so far? Let's go through the list. Okay, he's a healer, right? Jesus healed that guy. Uh, It was on the Sabbath. That's kind of weird because we don't usually do that. But, okay, we learned he's a healer. That's fine. Um, Sermon on the Plain, he talked about blessings and woes. So he talked about, you know, blessed are the hungry and poor. That sounds less fun. That's not as interesting. But, okay, I'll take it. Um, But then he talked about the Kingdom 2.0. That sounds super exciting because we get to be a part of that. And we get to move forward and see what he's going to do with this Kingdom 2.0, right? And so this is, um, now Jesus is kind of uh, addressing them and kind of, it's this really important part because he's really trying to emphasize what, is, what they need to take away from everything that he's been doing. And it's really important for us as his followers also to learn what this Kingdom 2.0 is going to be about, and this is, I think, what Jesus, he's trying to summarize it for them and tell us how to apply it.
0: Right, so that's where we're going to jump in for the passage, so we can put that on the screen, and we can, uh, argue for it. So, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my, hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. So here is this moment, so we're in the disciples' shoes, and we're hearing this from Jesus, And they're waiting, you know, they're waiting for this moment. They're like, okay, here it comes. Jesus is about to tell us exactly what he wants us to do. He's going to tell us exactly where to go. He's going to tell us these list of instructions, just like God has done to our ancestors. He's going to give us this list. All right, here it comes. We're ready for it. And then Jesus says this. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. Thank you. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. So you can just imagine the disciples hearing this and are probably just looking at each other like, what are we supposed to do with that? We are, we're like, they're probably asking Jesus, like, wait, whoa, whoa. We're used to just God saying, do this, do that, you know, having the rules and having the laws and everything we're supposed to abide by. But instead, he gives them this parable Mm -hmm. that he wants them to kind of, he's kind of changing the game on them, making them think. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me, the disciples here are kind of like, whoa, whoa, we have to think. What? We can't just follow the rules and just, you know, be like a robot. And so they, like, this kind of reminded me, like reading this over with Jordan, we, uh, it reminded me of when I coached uh, girls' basketball. And so I uh, work at a school, and uh, I coach middle, school's gr- middle school girls' basketball. So that's like, you know, 12 to 14-year-olds. And some of them have played basketball, and some of them have not. Most of them have not. It's like the first experience. So we're, you know, I teach them plays, and this is like, you know, a very basic play, you know? this very basic. <laughs>
1: You You guys know what that means, right? You guys know this play,
0: right? I mean, I don't have to explain to you, okay? (laughs) I mean, mean, you know what it's called, right? Anyways, so we run into this play, (laughs) right? And we practice it, you know, in practice, dozens of times. And I'm like, yes, okay, so we get the ball at the top. We pass it to Rhonda. Rhonda gets it. She passes it to Sheila. Sheila passes it to um, Bertha. These are all, (laughs) you know, these are all just... I'm using random names because I don't want to embarrass, you know, for uh, privacy's sake. (laughs) So... In practice and in games, you know, we we run through this play, and I'm like, okay, this is how you do it, guys, but I always make this disclaimer to them. I always want to preface this that, okay, we're going to run through this play, and you guys know it pretty well now, but that does not mean that in every situation, you're going to want to run this play to its entirety. Like, I'm going to call the play out, you know, I'll call the play out, and you're going to do it, but sometimes the defense is going to be guarding Rhonda, or, you know, sometimes Rashonda is going to be open on the left side. So the play is calling for the ball to go that way, but hello, this girl's open. And they're like, but you told us that the play goes to her and then I pass to her. Uh, That's what I was supposed to do. You said that, Coach Wong. You said that you can't take that back. (laughs) And I'm like, I know I said that. I understand that. But you got to just use your brain. Like, hello, if you're open underneath the basket, shoot it. Or if the girl's open, but that's not the play, Throw it to her like you can use your brain. And I feel like Jesus is the same thing as the disciples. Like, hello, so To be God.
1: clear, you're comparing yourself to Jesus in this analogy.
0: This is, <laughs> I didn't think that through? I just thought that <laughs> it's a very poor analogy. But you know what I'm saying. Like, this is just, he wants, this is like the game changer. Like, Jesus is like, hello, disciples. Come on, let's think for a second. Let's use our brains. Let's not just be like robots. He's actually giving them a, a different perspective on it, something they can chew on.
1: Yeah, and that's almost harder, right? I think a lot of people, at least for me, I'm a rule follower, so I like having follow step A, follow step B, step C, and you're done, right? Like, if I have a color by numbers paper, I'm coloring all those numbers exactly what they tell me to do in the lines. And if someone were to tell me, okay, pick your own colors, I was like, no, that's too hard. I don't wanna think, I just want step by step. Like, I'm gonna pass it to her because you told me to, okay? (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not how basketball games are won, (laughs) right? The goal of basketball is not who can run the most plays in the most correct way. The point of basketball is who can score more than the other team. And so what Daniel, I think, when he's being Jesus, is trying to tell his his team is look for the opportunities to score. Don't just look to follow the play to a T. And that is a lot harder. That is a lot more complicated and you have to think a lot more and you it requires a lot more from you personally right um so if we look back at you know the old testament yeah this is kind of what the pharisees wanted right they wanted to follow the rules exactly as it told them to do and that's what probably the followers of jesus are used to they're probably used to like okay in the old testament he god gave us a set of laws so if i follow all these laws then that means i'm a follower of god right and I can relate to this a lot, right? Do you guys ever feel like you want to know exactly what Jesus wants you to do? I see a lot of nods, right? Like, (laughs) so for me, like, okay, for example, a lot of maybe college students or high school students, you guys are graduating, and I remember when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, there's a few schools that I got into, yay me, but I don't know which one to go to, so Jesus, can you just tell me, like, should I go to this school or this school? Because it would just be so much easier if you just told me where to go, because I don't really know what to do right now. Or, like, when I was choosing a job, like, okay, should I work at this place or this place? Because this one, you know, has, like, good benefits or has good commute, but this one, like, it just seems more fun. I want to work here. I don't know what to do. And a lot of times I just wish that Jesus would tell me. Oh, like my friends growing up, you know, when we're dating, luckily, thankfully, I like married a good guy, but well. who's like Jesus, apparently. <laughs> but I know when we were dating, <laughs> when we were dating, a lot of my friends and I too, we wanted like a dating manual, right? We wanted like a Bible Cosmo quiz almost, where it was like, does he pay for your dinner? Yes. Does he have a nice car? Yes. Marry him. Or no, don't marry him. (laughs) And we wanted, like, that breakdown of, like, okay, yes, this is the man you're meant to be with your entire life. And that's kind of like the Pharisees, right? We want Jesus to tell us exactly what we're supposed to do. But (laughs) Jesus doesn't do that, right? He's not concerned about the rules. Like, for me right now, um, work is really tough, so... Stay in school, kids, as long as you can. (laughs) Just kidding. Work is nice, too, I guess. But for me, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't think I want to do this job forever, and it's not that great. And I'm a firm believer, like, you should work in what you're passionate about. And I feel like, you know, that's, like, where God wants us to be, where Jesus wants us to be. But for me, the hard part is I don't know what I'm passionate about, so I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And so, for me, I want Jesus to just tell me, like, okay, here's what you're passionate about, and here's how you get to the career goal that leads you to where you're passionate, right? But Jesus doesn't do that because he's not concerned about getting there. Jesus is concerned about the heart. Um, And so, a lot of, like, like, even looking back through the recap that we did, you could kind of see bits and pieces of that, right? Like, he healed, but he healed on the Sabbath, And it wasn't so much that, oh, like, he wasn't concerned, like, oh, I'm breaking the rules of the Sabbath that the Pharisees are trying to follow. What he cared about was, no, I can heal, and I think the loving thing to do for this person is to heal them now, and so that's what I'm concerned about. So just to give, like, an example in my own life, uh, for me growing up, if you don't know my dad, he's pretty strict or maybe you think he's, like, the nicest guy, but at home, he was pretty strict, <laughs> all right? <I laughs> Daniel was, knows. <laughs> I was terrified of the man. <laughs> Still am. He has you
0: all fooled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry if you're watching this, Dad. Just um, kidding, Paul. You're so, man. <laughs> uh, But growing up, we had a strict chore list. You know, we had to clean our room every single Saturday, and we'd have inspection time strictly at 10 a.m., you know, we had to stand by our bunks, and he has his white glove, and he's like, still dusty, not good enough.
0: It's true, it's a true story, I think.
1: Oh. And he didn't do that, but oh, it felt like that at the time. <laughs> but he would make us do our chores every week, so I had to, you know, he's like, Jordan, no one's going to do your laundry for you. You have to do your own laundry. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do my laundry. I, I hate chores, but whatever, I'll do it. Um, so I learned how to do my laundry. I think, you know, he wanted me to learn how to take care of myself. And then I went to college, and then, like, you know, a normal college student, you go home on the weekends, and I brought my laundry home with me because I'm not trying to pay no $5 to do my laundry at the <laughs> dorms. I'd rather do it for free. <laughs> and then my dad would, like, greet me at the door like the prodigal son father, and he's like, let me do your laundry for you, Jordan. And I was like... <laughs> Am I at the right house? (laughs) Because are you, Dad? What happened to you? Are you okay? Because growing up, I had. What happened to you? Do your own laundry. No one's gonna do it for you. Why? Why are you doing my laundry for me now? But I think this is kind of like what Jesus is saying, right? Like the rules seems like they change, right? Like growing up, you always had to do your own laundry. You always had to do your own chores. But now the rules are like, oh no, my dad's going to do my laundry for me. At the outset, it seems like it changed. But I think the heart behind it is the same, right? Growing up, my dad thought, (laughs) no, it is. The loving thing to do is to teach me how to take care of myself, teach me how to do my laundry. So I'm like a self-sufficient, independent woman, even though I don't do my laundry now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's it. All, the, all those lessons went to waste, Paul. And man.
1: I know how to do it, okay? I'm just busy.
0: Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, interesting.
1: All right, anyways, my dad was loving <laughs> and offered to do it for me when I came home. And I was like, you know, home from a long week at school. And that was what he thought was most loving for me at that time. So the heart behind it is the same, right? Like, uh, in both cases, he was just trying to do what was most loving and caring for me.
0: He's a very loving father. Wonderful man, Paul. If you're listening to this, you're a wonderful man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Repeat, you're a wonderful (laughs) dad. (laughs) Oh, sorry, that's, okay, I'm still going. So for the... The thing that, yeah, Jesus cares about the heart, right? And so when, I think that's how he kind of wants to train our minds to think as well. Like, um, not just follow the rules blindly, but follow, like think about what the heart behind the situation is. And think about what's going to uh, deepen your relationship with God, deepen your relationship with other people. Um, and that's what building a firm foundation, that's what building a strong foundation is. Not just blindly following the rules, but, you know, thinking about the heart and doing the most loving thing.
0: Hmm. So we're trying to say, like, break it down. So to think and act out of the heart of the decision uh, is how we would build a strong foundation. And then on the other hand, you have blindly following the rules. And so blindly following the rules kind of, you know, gives us the the thoughts of of the Pharisees. And as we are kind of thinking about it, um, that is kind of the danger of of the blindly following the rules. And one real-life example I thought of is, like, someone who goes to church and, you know, like, uh, does a lot to serve the church, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, sets a lot of the stuff up, or cleans a lot of stuff away, and maybe prays, and uh, you know, it's just like a checklist of things that, and they can just think to themselves, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and if they're not ever ever really checking into the why, like why they're doing those things, I think that's the kind of the danger of the kind of the blindly following the rules and having a checklist, is that um, it kind of gives us this false sense of security, where you kind of feel like, oh, I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing the things that it says in the Bible. I'm doing the things that Kotz is saying to do to be a good Christian. But really, you haven't really checked into yourself to see why you're doing these things. And it can lead to, so you kind of think you have a strong foundation. And the Pharisees probably thought they had a really strong foundation because they looked at their to-do list and they're like, yeah, I did all these things. But in reality, you know, their, their foundation was weak and it was based on just very superficial values. And so, like, to give you kind of, like, a context in these days, or uh, kind of another analogy, um, in those days, uh, Kant's kind of told us kind of, like, a context background information was that people spent a lot of their money on the outer appearance of their houses as well as the interior. So they spent a lot of money decorating it and putting in nice carpets and rugs, if they had them back then. I mean, I don't know, lambskin? I don't know. How do you decorate a house back then? You just spend a lot of money just putting in a lot of nice stuff. So then when people would walk by, they'd be like, wow, look at that house. It's so beautiful. And when they would walk into your house, they'd be like, wow, this person has it all together. They are so successful. This place is beautiful. When in reality, the owner spent no time on the foundation, no money, and the focus was all on the superficials, all on the outside. So when the waves and the storms and the floods inevitably came, all that nice stuff would just wash away because they, the focus was not on the foundation. It was all on this outer appearance. So the waves come and it just blows all that away, and they're left with nothing. You know, they're just left with absolutely nothing. And that's kind of what we want to think about is we want to think about the heart instead, the deeply, root, the deeply rooted thoughts. And, and when we do that, uh, we actually t- and we take the time to pray and to kind of think about whether... This is what God actually wants for us. And when we do that, um, we're actually going deeper. You know, we're going deeper into, God, into what God, what God wants for us. And, and when we do that, I feel like that's the way to go about the strong foundation. And in doing that, we're actually deepening our, not only our relationship with God, but also with other people. And I feel like the relationship you have with God and with others and building off that foundation is what's really going to sustain you through the storms that inevitably come. Because as we know, storms are always going to come and they're always going to you know, wash away the things that are fleeting. But we really got to think about what's, what's inside and what we're really standing, um, what really builds that strong foundation. So Jordan's going to tell us, how do, we, how do we do that? How do we build that strong base- foundation? What steps can we take?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately us rule followers as you know we don't have a set of rules anymore right and so like daniel was saying we have to think about it reflect pray talk to other people about it and this is kind of like our mm, way of oh sorry the foundation fleeting one um (laughs) thank you so this is kind of like what we thought of like okay this is an easy way for us to think about i mean not it's still not easy but an easy way to kind of differentiate like what's foundational and what's fleeting so Building things that build up your relationship with God, deepen your relationship with others, um, is more loving, those things are foundational. Those are the things that's going to help you withstand the storm, like Daniel said. Um, but things that just look good on the surface, or if you're just checking things off the list, that's fleeting. And so we kind of have those two different ways that we could look at things. Is it foundational, or is it fleeting? So going back to like Daniel's example, If we're going to church every week, if we're serving in Sunday school every week, and we're just checking boxes off because we're like, all right, we were there, the kids were learning and they got home safe, check. Or if we're going to church and I sat through service, had my cup of coffee and free lunch, check. Those things can be fleeting, right, because we're not actually taking the time to, like, dig deeper or, like, get to know the kids maybe, or we're treating it like a set of rules, like the Pharisees were. So those things are fleeting, but if we're, you know, going to church and we're like, hey, there's a new person here. Let me go talk to them and make them feel welcome, or like, uh, Kaza's message really spoke to me, and I like, I'm gonna go pray with someone because I need prayer about this issue. I really struggle with this. Those things are foundational. And it's taking things that are from a checklist to something that's actually foundational, right? Um, and that's kind of it's hard because it's not black and white anymore. We actually have to like think like Daniel's middle school girls, but um, that's really important because the fleeting things just going to church every week or just checking off those rules when the storm comes we're not going to be able to fall on that you know just because we look good that we're not going to be able to fall back on that when the storm comes but if we have a strong foundation where we have that strong relationship with God and we really took the time to pray and invest in our you know building that connection with Jesus or if we took the time to really build relationships with people in our community or outside of our community, those things we can fall back on when the storm comes. Those are the things that's going to help us withstand the floods and the storm. And so that's kind of our way that we thought of to kind of help think like, okay, is doing this foundational or is it fleeting? And unfortunately, it's not always that easy (laughs) because like we said, you know, going to church can be fleeting where that seems like that's an obvious foundational thing and so we wanted to give you kind of a chance to like practice.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) this may be a little bit different and some of you who came here today thinking, hey, I'm just going to be sitting here and listening to a sermon and then I'm going to get up and eat some lunch. Well, we're changing the game on you right now. (laughs) We're going to actually have you guys discuss with your neighbors some questions we're going to have on the board what (laughs) like that's never been we don't usually do that i don't want to do that so i'm sorry if you feel like that but it's just something to kind of change it up because we want to kind of get you just guys or all of us really into this habit of really thinking about dilemmas or the things that maybe we go through um and the why of it like the whole reason why we do it so maybe like these are discussions just that you can you can choose we have three questions up there and you can choose one of them you can choose all of them whichever one you want to do and it's just really to have an open discussion with your neighbor I mean, you can move around to if you want to talk to whomever, but it's really just to kind of get that discussion started of really digging deep of why we're doing these things or why we choose our different decisions and um yeah, yeah.
1: These questions may or may not be based on real life situations, so if you have <laughs> good answers, we're very open to hearing them Very open because we don't yeah. know what to do no, but yeah. there's really no wrong answers. We purposely chose like questions that is like there's no, uh, hopefully, there's no obvious right or wrong answer, and so it's more, even if you don't come to a decision today, I think just practicing, you know, consulting people about it, praying about it, and training our minds to think about these things differently is kind of what we want to accomplish. So, um, we'll give you, I don't know, like four minutes to, like, talk to the people around you. Um, we'll put the questions up, and you could just choose one and talk about it.
0: Go. Go, <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> Please. You play
2: music.
0: <laughs> you play music. It's very upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how much we have on time. Like how long we've been doing. It's like, go to life? (laughs) That's amazing. You guys have one minute, one minute, one minute remaining. <laughs> Is it play okay that we didn't really check in with Kata to see if it's okay to do this?
1: <laughs>
0: Way go rule follower. <laughs> It better than our practices. This is the smoothest one. The audio? Oh, no, and then I messed up my third part. Sorry. I, I was, like, not sure how to end it. What is it? All right. Your time is up.
1: Okay, so how was it? Good. Right. good. Hey, Ricky, Ricky liked thought it. It was good. Hey. He likes talking to people. Okay. Um, well, was it hard? Easy? It was easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're decisive. I'm indecisive, so this is really hard. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, it was you know not just an obvious answer. I don't know. Maybe it was for some people, but. Um, I think, even if it's not these situations, as you come across new situations, it's really tough, or at least for me and Daniel, it's really tough to try to think, like, what's gonna be the most foundational thing for me and for us? Um, And, to be honest, we're probably all going to make wrong decisions sometimes, where we're gonna choose the fleeting things over the foundational things, but if we look at what Jesus has been teaching, and we really believe that Jesus is not about the rules and not about just getting the right or wrong answers on the quiz, then that's okay. Because I honestly feel like even if we mess up or pick the wrong decision, quote-unquote, nine out of ten times, as long as we're continuing to try to seek God and seek a deeper relationship with him and seek a deeper relationship with other people, I think that's what Jesus cares about. Jesus cares about the heart. That's what we're saying. That's what he really wants us to know going forward in this new kingdom. And the really cool thing that I like about this analogy is I feel like he kind of talks about that in the parable even, right? So he talks about when the storm comes, it's going to wash away things that are fleeting, as we would call it. Um, And during the storm, you know, that's going to feel really tough. That's going to feel like really scary. You're going to feel like, oh my God, this is so hard. Like, I tried so hard, but it's like washing away all this stuff. But what really he's saying is that it's washing away all the things that are not of God, right? If it's fleeting, it's not foundational. It's not of God. And he's washing away everything that is not of him and all that he's leaving is what is foundational. And even if that's nothing in our lives, at least it gives us a clean slate so that we could start to build again and try again to build a firm foundation. And I feel like that's what Jesus wants for us, right? Because he's a redeeming God, and he cares about our hearts. And as long as we're moving towards that, moving towards trying to build foundational, as long as our heart's in that, I think that ultimately is what is most important to Jesus um, as his followers.
0: So as we go, you know back to our day-to-day lives um really we just wanted this to be a time where we can just take a check-in and with our heart and ask ourselves you know you know what in our lives is foundational and what is fleeting Um, because life is so fast it's so busy and it's packed full of things and a lot of times it's we barely have chances to ask ourselves why we're doing these things we're just like boom 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 we're doing the next thing the next thing the next thing Um, But hopefully this, you know, this Sunday, we can, this can be the first time where we can just take pause and ask ourselves, like, are our decisions based on God's heart? Or is it just based on rules? Is it based on just because I have to do it? Because I feel like I have to complete all my to-do lists? Um, Just to really ask ourselves, like, where is our heart? Um, And how, how can we make our heart more deeply rooted in God's love? Um, And so we're going to invite the the worship team to come back up, and we're going to just kind of uh, give God space to speak to us and move us and see if he has a word or a verse or an image for us in that moment uh, while we worship. So I'll close in prayer. Would you guys pray with me? Uh, Lord Jesus, um, we thank you just for um, the words that you've given us this morning. We are just so... um, lost without your words. Um, I know that we're kind of going through our life uh, really just it's just so busy and it's chaotic and there's just a million things to do every single day. Um, So Lord, let this be this moment where we can kind of check in with our heart, check in with you, and um, would you just speak to us this Sunday morning? speak to us here and uh, that we can just give you the space that we are un- so unable to do sometimes during the weeks, sometimes the busyness, um, just to ask ourselves what in our life is foundational and what is fleeting? What are the things that we can do to make our lives more deeply rooted in your love, God? We thank you again, God, and we praise in your name.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the message. Um, it really spoke to me about how um, Following rules a lot of times is a lot easier, but it's also easy to rebel against that because sometimes we feel like the rules are unfair, sometimes the rules work against us, but what we learn through the Old Testament and later in the New Testament when they make a commentary of the Old Testament is that the rules in the Old Testament is actually pointing towards something, and those rules are pointing towards the heart of God, that God wants the best for all of us, and that he's trying to fix things in this world that are broken, and sometimes those rules rub us the wrong way. Sometimes those rules free us. So in the New Testament, when Jesus comes along and he's teaching these amazing parables and these lessons, talking about the heart, the heart of the matter, um, he's, what, we, what he's really doing is he's pointing everybody to himself. He's saying, if you want to know what it looks like to live a life that's based off a foundation of a good heart, a redeemed heart, he says, then look at my life. And we watch Jesus in the book of Luke. We watch him do his thing. We see him heal people, reach out to people who are marginalized, not because he's following some rules, but because his heart breaks for these people who are marginalized. You know, And when you see him breaking some rules, like the Sabbath rule, for the sake of helping somebody who needs help, not because for the sake of breaking the rules, but because his heart breaks for the people who are marginalized. So we watch Jesus carefully, as the Pharisees did. They're watching him carefully. And they watch Jesus, and three years later, we see Jesus carry a cross, and he goes to the mount, this mountain where the cross goes up, and he's nailed to that cross. And everybody's staring at this cross, and we're like, is this what love is going to lead us to? Jesus, if you follow the rules, this would not have happened to you. But Jesus says, I'm doing this because my heart breaks for everybody who can't get it together. My heart breaks for the people who 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 are marginalized by society, by the people who are following the rules. So later on, after Jesus dies on the cross, and because he's God, he rises again on the third day. Later on, this movement starts, this Christian movement, people who follow Jesus. And one of those first leaders, his name is Paul the Apostle, he thinks back to that story of Jesus dying on the cross. And he says, We have this ritual, we call it communion, that's what these tables on the side are for. He said this ritual takes us back. It points us back to what Jesus did on the cross, a demonstration of his love for us, the demonstration that we are no longer bound by the old covenant, the old way of doing things, of following rules. But now we are living according to a new rule, a new way of living, a kingdom 2.0, right? And that new rule is going to be something that we have to keep reminding ourselves of, and communion is the way that we're going to do that. And so what we're going to do in a second is, um, Pastor Stan's going to take that station, and I'll be taking this station. And what's going to happen is, as you come up, you'll surround the table, and then uh, we'll take a piece of bread, and you'll break off a piece of bread from the loaf. And that represents the broken body of Jesus. And then after that, we're going to pass around a little cup with with, uh, grape juice in it, but that juice represents the blood of Christ, when Jesus poured out his blood. And by pouring out his blood, it was his way of saying, now we're in Kingdom 2.0. This is the new covenant. This is how we're going to live our lives from now on, is by asking Jesus to look at our hearts and, and, and causing us to repent and causing us to change so we become more and more of the heart that aligns closer to what Jesus' heart was like. And so right now, as uh, the worship team plays softly in the background, we're going to invite you to come to either station. Okay? And if, if this is too weird for you, or like, oh, this Christian stuff is wording me out, you don't have to partake. It's, it's not like you have to do this. But if you feel like you want to be reminded of that the core message that Daniel and Jordan just talked about, of how God wants to change our hearts, and that Jesus did what he did on the cross is a representation of that, then I invite you to come to either station. Let me pray for us.